This is a spoiler warning, you insignificant worms. So take heed, for I am Baalzaman, heart of the dark. The lowly mortal who creates this content has read the series cover to cover, book to book, many, many times. He will be discussing everything he can think of, irrelevant, relevant, regardless. So... Take heed of my warning. If you have not read the series all the way through and spoil something for yourself, well, who is to blame, listener? Not I. Not I. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Gleeman Radio. Your daily dose for the Wheel of Time. At least that's what we're supposed to be, but my god, it's been, what, four days since I put out a podcast? And I, I'm sorry for that. Uh, this probably won't matter at all to anyone who's listening to this months, years, or, you know, a decade from now, if this podcast is still around by then. But, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel really bad about it. But, uh, there is some exciting news. Um... We are now associated with podcast hosting. So we have a website now. We got uh, gleemanradio.podbean.com, uh, and you can get actually see our webpage. Um, you can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, we just got accepted to Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. I just got an acceptance email from TuneIn. So um, pretty soon from now, you'll be able to find Gleeman Radio on all of your podcast services, and, and that is truly exciting for me. I am really, really hyped about that. And I wake up this morning, it's time to get some work done. I got a podcast to do, but I'm not quite awake yet, so I'll consume some caffeine, and I'll put on an episode of Psych, and four episodes later, I'm like, wait, didn't I have a podcast to do? Oh, I just cannot stop with the procrastination, which is not a good quality to have, when doing this type of podcast, I think you can agree. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> wow. So, uh, to anyone who is listening, to who is uh, finding us on Spotify and all these podcast websites, Podbean, you know, uh, thank you so much for listening. Please share us with anyone else you think would enjoy the podcast. Uh, I would really like this thing to grow. Uh, I'm a little nervous because my podcast site does have more... Th- official artwork than it should. I only really have like two images up for reals that aren't like thumbnails for the podcast themselves. And I, I would just, I, I really wish I could get some fan art in, but my, uh, who knows? Who knows? I would love it if you guys could do that. Send it to gleemanradio at gmail.com. I'll brag that about you and sign it yourself and we'll put, you know, make me a new Gleeman. Okay, make me a Gleeman Radio logo. I would love that. It'd be like my 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 listeners drew that. Isn't that cool? People actually listening to me talk about this series drew me a new logo. But who knows? We'll have to see. I can't draw, so if, if we don't get some fan art submissions eventually, um, I'll have to uh, commission one when I can uh, find the time. So, without further ado, we should probably stop rambling. It's been what? I'm nearing four minutes. Uh, let's just get into the task at hand. Uh, last time on the Eye of the World, uh, everybody left. 
Yeah, well, our main crew did. The Fellowship of the Dragon, the first generation was formed. Uh, everybody was getting ready to leave, and then Lan's like, it's time to go. We don't got no more time to waste. And Egwene pops down. She's like, I'm coming too, and you guys are all idiots. I'm not listening to you. I'm coming. I'm coming. And Moraine was happy because bragging rights, an extremely powerful channeler, um, a way to show up Elida, so that would be great. Yeah. Um, then Tom Maryland shows up, and he's coming too because, well, first of all, that sexy storytelling of Moraine got him really interested. And, of course, he wants to look after the boys under the eyes of an Aes Sedai. So, yeah. Everybody takes off. It's time to go. They're avoiding the Emmons fielders who are setting up watches. And, uh, yeah. Rand is already nostalgic. He's not even fully out of the district. And he's like, is there any sky more beautiful than the Emmons field sky? I don't, I don't think there is. What is that? Is it a bat? It's so big. It's a Drakkar, people. A Drakkar. And we don't even get a proper explanation. We're just like, it is a creature of the Dark One. It could fly, and worse things were made than Trollocs. It, 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 I hope we get more soon. If we don't, I'm just going to have to read the Drakkar's description out of the Wheel of Time Companion. <sighs> Anyways, that's what happened last time. They're all on the run from the Drakkar, and they're heading, you know, in the direction of Tarvalon. I, I, I mean, I've read the series before. I know they're going to Tar and Ferry. That is the chapter... I did not announce the chapter. <laughs> I'm out of practice after several days, apparently. Uh, yeah, so let's just get right into chapter 11, The Road to Tar and Ferry. I hope you guys enjoy Return to the Wheel of Time, episode 12. Let's do this. Lying low on Cloud's neck, Rand kept a worried eye on Bella and on her rider. When he had said the shaggy mare could stay with the others, he had not meant on the run. She kept up now only by running as he had not thought she could. Lan had not wanted Egwene in her number. Would he slow for her if Bella began to flag? Or would he try to leave her behind? The Aes Sedai and the water thought Rand and his friends were important in some way. But for all of Moraine's talk of the pattern, he did not think they included Egwene in that importance. If Bella fell back, he would fall back too, whatever Moraine and Lan had to say about it. Back where the Fade and the Trollocs were back where the truck car was. With all his heart and desperation, he silently shouted at Bella to run like the wind, silently tried to will strength into her. Run! His skin prickled, and his bones felt as if they were freezing, ready to split open. The light helped her run, and Bella ran. And so we begin our very first travel chapter, I guess. I mean, uh, and this actually brings up a good opportunity. Uh, weirdly enough, I've been reading this series for, what, like 13, 14 years? And this is the first time I noticed something about the cover art. Look at Moraine on the cover of The Eye of the World, right? And she's sitting freaking cross-legged on the saddle. Now... There's no pommel, there's no stirrups, there's just, like, how does she even get up there? Like, her horse is still, like, the saddle of her horse has to be, like, practically at her head or neck level, okay? And she gets up there without stirrups? Come on. Like, I, I just, this it's something I've never noticed before. Uh, but it was just ridiculous. I, I love it. It's the great kind of ridiculous, but... 
wow, it's just so weird. And I didn't notice it until I was, like, really looking at the image, uh, especially closely while we were about to do the travel chapter. And it was just, wow, really? No stirrups to, like, really hold your legs in or get up and down from the horse or, like, like oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, so the chapter begins with the group uh, swiftly moving down the north road. They're trying to get away from uh, the draw car, right? Uh, that Rand spotted. And uh, Rand and Tom are at the end of the file line of these this group as they're traveling. Uh, and Tom is not looking back behind himself. He's steady over the horse, looking straight ahead. Tom knows what a Drakara is. Rand doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to keep focusing on the road. I'm not going to focus on anything else because maybe I'll hear a song and I'll get distracted. You know what I mean? Uh, so, since Tom is paying no attention at all behind them, Rand thinks it's up to him to sound an alarm, just in case anything at all happens. Whoa. Um, <laughs> well, he's trying to be responsible, isn't he? Uh, but at the same time, while he's trying to be responsible and ride his horse in this cluster and stay up with everybody and, you know, pay attention to behind him... His damn horse, which, if you remember, is the feisty gray that uh, John Thane used to race against merchant horses, really doesn't like to be at the end of the pack. It's really trying to push forward, and uh, it, it's trying to outstrip Mandarb. And come on, nobody can, no, no, nobody but Bella can deal with Mandarb. I, we're giving Bella too much credit here, but <laughs> I just... Mandorb, Mandarb is practically a legendary stallion of this series, you know? Isn't Rand, uh, uh, good God, isn't Lan wearing, uh, wearing, uh, good, Jesus, isn't Lan riding Mandarb all the way through the series? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Mandarb, his horse, all the way up to the last battle? I mean, I think Mandarb does pass away at some point, but... Uh, like, Mandarb and Aldeeb, I'm pretty sure they were fine the whole series. I don't think Moraine gets Aldeeb back, but you, you get what I mean. Uh, anyway, so he's having a hard time keeping his gray under control because Cloud wants to race Mandarb, and it's ridiculous, but it's very amusing. And this is where we get to where I chose my clip of the day. Uh, and Rand is worried about Bella. Bella, he's like, Bella can carry Egwene because, well, that's all we have, and Bella's been his horse, and he trusts Bella, right? But when he said Bella can keep up, he didn't mean Bella could keep up in a sprint. You know what I mean? These are all tall, sleek mares and stallions, and, you know, she's a pack horse, you know? She, she's, she's a, like practically a pony, you know, one step up. She's not, she doesn't have legs nearly as long as these horses, and she's not used to being ridden anyways, maybe a little bit bareback around the farm. Uh, but Bella's doing fine, because Bella is a fine animal, okay? She is running alongside them better than he ever expected, and uh, he's worried, like, how long can she maintain this? I love you, Bella, but how long can you do it? And he's worried because Lan, uh, he's really scared Lan will leave Egwene behind. He thinks for all Moraine's talk, for all uh, Lan's uh, agreement to take her along as well, that neither of them find her very important, just someone that 
decided she was coming along. So he's worried that they would leave her behind if Bella started lagging, you know? And uh, this is where we get Rand channeling for the first time. Of course, Rand doesn't know what he's doing, and you as a reader don't realize what's happening until the reread, right? But, uh, you know, he silently urged Bella to run, silently tried to will strength into her. His skin prickled, bones felt like ice, and Bella ran. And Bella will be fine until everybody stops. Because Rand is amazing, and even his first channeling is stronger than what Moraine apparently could have done. So that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice and cool little moment. Because this is Rand's first channeling. It concerns Egwene. It's on Bella. And, uh... <laughs> Uh, and we'll see the fun effects to that in, uh, not tar in Berlon, right? So this is kind of the problem with discussing travel chapters, is there's only so many ways I can say, and they rode on, you know what I mean? Uh, they rode on through the darkness. They clumped up together, then they separated a little bit, then they got afraid, and they clumped up together again. And then they rode faster, and then they rode slower. I mean, there's only so many I, many ways I can do this. So I was a little bit like, mm, how, how am I going to talk about this? Because like a third of it is travel, you know what I mean? Uh, so they ride on for a while, and um, they find themselves uh, abruptly slowing down. Land stops. And as Rand is, like, unsure how long they've been writing, uh, he's like, oh, God, I'm just tired. I'm a little worn out. Oh, I have no idea how long we've been doing this. And uh, <laughs> he looks down, and he's like, what is that, fireflies? I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> and then, holy shit, is that Watch Hill? Um, <laughs> I think this is the fastest this route has ever been traveled. And... Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say so, as in he sees Watch Hill at the end of the second page of the chapter, and that's the farthest Rand, Matt, and Perrin, and, you know, maybe Egwene have ever been in this direction. I mean, I suppose the mountains of mist, the slopes, they've been to that too, are probably farther in the opposite direction, but, like, they... This is the farthest they've ever been, like, out of their district, at, at least, you know, in this direction. And they did it in, you know, two pages plus a chapter heading. It's just, <laughs> yeah, they did make it there fast, didn't they? So they're looking down at Watch Hill, and they can hear that Watch Hill is in the middle of celebration. They're still doing, like, Beltine stuff, which is, I mean, great for them. They probably haven't heard about what happened in Emmons Field the day before, <laughs> or that day. Technically, this is that this would have been the 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 night of the first night of Beltine, because the Trollocs attacked on Winter Night. Um, so they're in, they're in the middle of swinging celebration. You can hear uh, pipes, you can hear flutes, you can hear uh, fiddles. You know they're having a good time, and this is this is making the boys and even Tom kind of like ooh that 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 white Watch Hill looks great right now. We've obviously outrun everything. <laughs> Uh, you know, I we could do with the rest. Uh, we could go to stop at the White Boar. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Rand's like, yeah, we could rest for a night. A meal at the White Boar would be grace, great. 
uh, Matt wants some singing and a decent meal, but he's saying it's not as good as the Wine Spring Inn, and Perrin's like, nah, it's fine. You're right, it's not as good as the Wine Spring Inn, but the whiteboard's not bad. A mutton pie for me, too. This'll be great. A hot tea, too, to warm my bones. You know, that's that's a huge thing in the Wheel of Time, the hot tea. Uh, I've, I've heard people kind of, like, wondering what that's about. Um... And it's basically something hot that's easily portable, is my understanding. Uh, you know, you can carry tea moderately lightly. They don't have coffee until the Shan Chan show up. Uh, and theirs is hard to get by because they can't really get it here. So they keep saying their cough is running out. Um, you know, and you don't really want to drink, you know, boiling warm water to warm yourself up. So you get the tea. Uh, <laughs> Egwene is slumped against Bella's side, and Rance kind of has this moment of, yeah, it's not such a fun adventure now, is it? Huh. <laughs> it's just, you, you need to lay off each other, guys. You had such a great moment last time when you're like, I'll protect you, and she'll like, we'll protect each other. But yeah, she, she admits she's worn out, you know, but riding a horse isn't like sitting in a car. If you were in, like, the oldest car of least repair driving down a paved street that hadn't been maintained since its origin and you could feel every pothole through the rickety car you still wouldn't come close to the experience of riding a horse long term you have to brace yourself against the animal you're on the hard saddle you have to deal with all the bouncing the moving the 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 kind of plopping up and down on your seat and when you're doing this in a sprint I, I mean especially through cold unpleasant weather this is this is it's understandable that Egwene is tired because everyone is tired you know except Lan and Moraine apparently <laughs> but Lan is like hell no we're not stopping until we're on the other side of the Taran and Rand's just like but the horses you can't keep running the horses like this they'll Drop dead! And that's when he notices Moraine was already at work uh, moving between the horses. Now, uh, before we get to Moraine uh, clearing their weariness, you know what? Never mind. Moraine's moving from horse to horse to clear the weariness uh, so they can continue to ride forward strong. Now, to make a point, this does not cure them of their, like, legitimate exhaustion. Like, if she doesn't stop doing this eventually they'll run themselves to death however it, you know it can keep them running and they need to be on the move quickly for now however this is not really something they continue to do in the series even like before traveling becomes a thing they don't run their horses like this anymore eventually we're going to get introduced to the whole running uh trotting method where you run the horse for a small time or you trot the horse for a short time and then the rider jumps down and runs alongside their horse so they can keep moving. They can preserve the horse's stamina uh, because this current treatment of their horses in the series right now is, is very hard. It's very harsh. They're pushing them kind of beyond limits that should be pushed. And they are doing this because it's an emergency situation, but uh, I don't know. I just... Uh, it's weird 
as a return reader that Lan hasn't had them hopping down and trotting next to their horse. But I guess we can also like equate that to be this being the first novel and that he didn't know where he was going with everything. So we got to make some allowances here. I, I, I just, it was something that I noticed because uh, most of these characters are country folk and grew up around horse stock and everything. And they love their horses. You know, like they're pained every time they have to abandon one, which happens a lot. Uh, or sell them, which happens a lot. Um... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they're not stopping for a while. Moraine was clearing the horses of their weariness, and Rand was surprised, and he's like, I, I, I didn't know she could do that. And Land's like, you, above all, should have known she can do that, after what she did for your father. And Moraine's going to be doing the rest for you as well. And he's like, not for you? And he's like, not for me, sheepherder. I don't need it, and not for herself either. What she does to others, she can't do for herself. Only one will ride tired tonight. Better hope she doesn't grow too tired before the end of the journey. Lan is so cool. Um, but yeah, so this is the first equating that Moraine, that I said I can't heal themselves, which is a bummer. Um, but I mean, I guess that's why maybe they should go around in more than groups of one. Uh, or <laughs> maybe also that's why they have a warder. Or, you know, maybe they should have their own Nynaeve with their herbs. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, no need to do it for Lan. Uh, Moraine uh, comes away and she's like, oh, you're right about Bella Rand. Uh, she's as stubborn and as strong as the rest of you two rivers folk. Believe it or not, she might be the least tired so far. Do you guys think she knew? Do you think she's like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh-uh. This isn't natural. Was she like, well, this is Taviran? Or was she like, hmm, this horse is more hardy than I thought? Or was she like, oh, oh, he channeled. Oh, he channeled. Like, <laughs> Does she put this together right now or does she put it together later? I think she said she puts it together later but i don't i don't know so they're all kind of like oh man uh, i guess we're keep going on and moraine is just about to start the healing of the people themselves the washing of the way of the weariness all of it but then the drakhar 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 what is it drakhar uh the drakhar dives and he's very noisy and screechy and loud and scary and uh well the horses don't take it well. They actually freak out. And I mean freak out, right? Like, Cloud nearly kills Rand, okay? Um, <laughs> all the horses are going nuts. Rand describes as, like, he's standing uh, next to the horse with his hands on the reins, right? And then the horse just bolts. But Rand needs to hold on because he can't lose the horse. And his arm is nearly, like, pulled out of the socket. And at the same time, he's hopping up and he makes his way into the stirrup feeling like his arms are going to be yanked off and then the stallion you know what's the right word rears up onto its hind legs and you know whinnies and like he's nearly fallen off and it's just oh yes uh the shadow would have won if cloud was just a little bit more rambunctious <laughs> rand would have totally got yeah that was a little dangerous, and everybody's horses are going nuts. You know, everybody's trying vainly to hold on. The only two, yet again, uh, Moraine is just sitting in Aldeeb like nothing's happening, 
and Lan is just standing there with the sword out, looking at the sky, holding his reins in one one hand. Is Mandarb's just like, yeah, I heard it. I'll wait till my master's command. However, it is not only the Two Rivers folk, the Aes Sedai, the Gleeman, and the Warder that are troubled by the Drakkar. Uh, down in Watch Hill, or up in Watch Hill? I can't tell if they're looking down into it, or... It, no, it has to be up above. So looking up into Watch Hill, the sound of merriment dies, because they heard the screeching demon sounds. And uh, Rand's just like... Well, I bet people are going to remember that. Um, you know, maybe they'll uh, hear about what happened in Emmons Field, and then, then they'll remember and think back. Uh, Lan says it's time to go. Uh, the creature's actions can only mean he is already reported to the Merdral, so it has no more reason to hold back to... Uh, not antagonize them. It's just it's 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 just keeping their location marked, and the Merdral is already coming. So this is this is no good. This is no good. It's just tracking them for the fade now. So everyone gets back on their horses once more, except for Rand. Oh my goodness! Uh, Rand again is left out of the saddle, and he's got his sword out. <laughs> he's scanning the horizon like land, looking for the Drakkar. And I'm sitting here going, dude, you'll eventually be one of the best swordsmen in the series. But right now, that's just a long, heavy piece of metal in your hands, okay? It's no better than a slightly sharp club, alright? And you are a foolish young man. And it is lucky uh, that for Rand that none of his friends were, like, super paying attention because they were worried. This is... This, this dude... <laughs> Matt would have teased the hell out of him, okay? <laughs> See, what really makes it worse, though, is he did all this unconsciously. He didn't mean to be standing there with his sword out. He just realized he was standing there looking at the sky with his sword out, and everybody else was saddled and ready to go, and he is embarrassed as hell. <laughs> so he tries to make up for it a little bit by, like, pole vaulting in his saddle in a single jump, and it works, and he's kind of like, oh, wow, that was kind of cool. I, I, I hope they noticed that, not the other thing. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, everybody's afraid, which makes sense. The True Rivers folk, the Gleeman, they're all clustered together behind Lan, uh, to his annoyance, but, I mean, he'd rather them clustered together right there with him then kind of like falling behind or running ahead or panicking and going to the side. So, yeah, and uh, Rand is surprised. He's watching Bella, and he's like, wow, I can't believe she's keeping up stride for stride with all these stallions and strong horses. Like, Moraine must have done something special to Bella to make her be able to keep up with us like that. It was Rand. He just doesn't know it yet, uh, which is amazing. Uh, <laughs> that's all you, dude. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Egwene was beaming in delight. I don't know why. And Rand is so shocked that he's seeing her like this, that his mouth is, whole, whole, is just, like, hanging open, and he swallows a damn bug. <laughs> it's very cartoony, very funny scene. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Lan kind of tries to suggest to Moraine that she take care of the Drakkar. We don't hear all the conversation due to the galloping and the wind and all this. Um, but what we do hear her is she say, we, like, there's no way, man. No way at all. Not on a galloping horse. Not at this distance. 
It's just not going to happen. However, that doesn't mean Moraine can't do something. Just because she can't attack the Drakkar doesn't mean she can't confuse it. So what she does is she conjures up this like magnificent fog. First in like waves of white and then clear and then white and then clear. And then suddenly they're galloping through this silver mist that is so thick that Rand can't see the people he's practically banging shoulders with. You know, and uh, <laughs> that's going to make it harder to know their precise location. Uh, Land's still grumpy, though, because he's like, even though they can't see us, there's only one place we could be going, and the merger all know that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Rand, Rand pulls back from the fog. He's very nervous about it. This magic fog, this Aes Sedai power makes him very uncomfortable. And, and for a little bit, he even avoids trying to take a breath. He doesn't want this power rot fog to just go inside his lungs. Because again, all the paranoia and all the uh, stories, he doesn't know if Aes Sedai are actually good or not. You know, he describes knowing Moraine could channel, even witnessing her healing his father, was one thing. But he could not bring himself to be comfortable in this thick, dense, power-rot fog. It just scared him. Um, Lan encouraged them all to stay close instead of getting frustrated about it at this point. With the fog around, he's like, keep on banging shoulders. Keep on... I want you to be able to swing one of your elbows out and clip your buddy, okay? We're staying tight. Um, but we're going on. Dead run, okay? And it sounds scary to me. Imagine, I, I just, have any of you ever been on a long road trip through thick fog or a blizzard or something where even with your high beams on, even in daylight maybe, you can only see a few feet in front of you? Like, you might suddenly have to break because, you know, something's coming out of the darkness. Like, it, it, it can get really unnerving and a little, very uncomfortable. And to be doing this on horseback you know, with not only, you know, seeing, not being able to see in front of you, but with the bracing of the wind and the wetness of the fog. I mean, these guys are getting soaked to the bone. Uh, it just, it has to be just ridiculously unnerving. Um, so suddenly, Land kind of yells out, slow, pull rain. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it, it's, it's out of nowhere, really. And uh, Rand's so surprised, he hesitates, and he barrels right past them on the, gr on the gray. Uh, <laughs> and he noticed himself in a town with strange tall houses made of stone foundations. Made for when the river overflowed. And he's like, oh, I know where I am, we're in Tarn Ferry, holy crap! <laughs> So even though they're in Tar and Ferry now, uh, the place is still, like, shrouded thickly in fog, right? And Lan kind of heals his horse up, and he kind of passes Rand, and he's like, Don't be so eager, sheep herder. And Rand's like, Oh, it's lucky it's this fog, it's this thick out, because everybody can't see how badly I'm blushing. Like, he's been embarrassed a lot in this chapter, in the last chapter. It's actually really funny to see. Um, they continue through the village slowly, 
and they're thinking about, uh, Rand is thinking about what he knows of the Tar and Fairy Folk. And he knows they have strange names like Hightower or Hilltop or, you know, stuff like that. And they're known for being sly and tricksome, not to be trusted, you know, like... They got their nose in the air towards the lower villages, the down country folk, if you will. Uh, there's a saying that if you shake a hands with a tar and fairy man, you count your fingers afterwards to make sure you still have them all. So, it, you know, like, these kids have never been to tar and fairy, but this is the kind of prejudice that their parents have spread, so this is what they know about tar and fairy folk. <laughs> it's... It's not very flattering. But to be honest, of the only tar and fairy guy we really meet, uh, of the only few, sorry, uh, not completely inaccurate, right? That's kind of sad. Um, so Lan and Moraine stop in front of a specific house that they didn't really think looked different than any other. And Lan jumps down and just starts hammering on the door loud and fast. Bang, bang, bang. Rhythmic. Never ending. Uh, turns out this is the fairy man's house. And I love how Matt's just a little bit, little bit pissy about this. He's like, well, I thought he wanted us to be quiet. Now he can make all the noise he wants. <laughs> oh, Matt, you just, you just got to shut up in this situation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the fairy man just swings open the door. He's angry. He's surprised. Well, what's this? What's this? Uh, and then he's like, whoa. And then he sees the fog. <laughs> And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> now, Master Hightower, the fairy man, uh, is a very suspicious man. And he's looking at them all and he's like, I don't like the looks of this. The fairy crash and crosses in daylight. Daylight only. Never in this fog. Come back when the sun's up and the fog's gone. And then I'll take you across. Maybe. Now that you piss me off, you know. And, uh... <laughs> He's about to turn away, angry, when Land grabs his wrist. And now he's even more angry, and he's indignant. And he's looking at him like, Whoa, what the hell do you think you're doing, stone-faced big guy? Uh, you can't do this. And then Rand, uh, sorry, Rand, eventually we'll get past this whole Tam, Tom, Rand, Land situation. Um, Land kind of twists his wrist palm up, and starts putting gold in it. And this cures the ferryman's attitude very, very quickly. You kind of see his face kind of lowering as Land puts more and more and more gold in his hands until he's practically touching it with his nose. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. How much money did Lan and Moraine just give away? Seriously. This is, this is, oh, goodness. Uh, and we know that they're going to pay this guy even more. He said, this much more once we get to the other side. And we know they're going to pay even more from that because of what Moraine does to the fairy in the next chapter. So this is just, they're spending such a ridiculous amount of gold. But I suppose it works because Master Hightower is in. He's just like, all right, all right, the, uh, gold shirt. Okay, release my arm, big guy. Uh, you don't think I pull the fairy myself? I gotta wake up my haulers. We'll do it. Come on, let me go. Let's get this done. I want more gold. <laughs> 
go, and he says, tells Lan and the rest, go wait at the ferry. Uh, and this is where uh, <laughs> Lan gives, ends the chapter by giving this just wonderful line. He's like, I will wait at the ferry for a little while. <laughs> and then he releases the guy's arm and turns away. <laughs> and it's just the most badass way to end a chapter ever. Yeah. So that's it for chapter uh, 11, Across the Terran. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, overall, not a bad travel chapter, especially for the very first one. Uh, we know that, like, you know, when we when it's just Rand and Matt later in this very book, it's going to get slightly more taxing. But this really wasn't that bad. And especially when it ends on that just spectacular line from Lan. And I will wait for a little while. <laughs> it's just, it was pretty cool. Uh, uh, overall, it, there was some good, interesting stuff in this chapter. We learned that Moraine can wipe away exhaustion from horses and people. Uh, she didn't get to the people this chapter, but she did get to the horses, uh, and as far as I know, we don't really see this trick used a lot later. Maybe it's because they're uh, not running their horses as hard, and maybe because doing this is slightly dangerous for the horses. I don't know. Uh, we also get to see Rand Channel for the first time, though you don't know that until the reread. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's the kind of thing that makes a reread so fun with this series. Uh, and then, you know, Watch Hill and Tar and, Tar and Ferry in a single chapter. They've gone the farthest they've ever gone, and then beyond that, in a single night. So, uh, and I don't know how far away Dawn is. I mean, how fast did they go, really? How did they pull this off? Because this just kind of seems ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's it for chapter 11, guys. Oh, God, you have no idea how hard it was to get this thing done. Uh, I mean, I, I know there was some problems getting to it. I have internet problems. I've been busy, appointments and errands to run. And then I sit down to record this, finally have a little bit of time, and I'm not feeling lazy at the moment, so I can actually be productive. And you got dogs barking in the other room. You got... Family members calling me to give them a favor. You got me. Oh, God, it's just never-ending. I don't know how many times I actually had to pause while recording and then go back a few seconds, delete something, and then re-pick up to where I was. It's just, it, oh, goodness. And I really want to give my effort and give my all to these things, but oh, it might be the only time I can record these is in the middle of the night, and I, 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 I might not have the energy then. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You can find this podcast at YouTube on the channel Gleeman Radio. You can find uh, our webpage at gleemanradio.podbean.com. You can find us on Spotify, now Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So we're getting around there. Uh, if you enjoy this at all, um, please share uh, so we can get more people involved. I, I would really, really appreciate that. If you want to send me constructive criticism, advice, uh, ask me a question, if you want to send me a new spoiler intro with your version of a Forsaken warning the audience, I would love to hear that. If you want to send in just a quote you love that you've read, if you want to send in Wheel of Time fan art, just send any or all of that to gleamanradio at gmail.com. And I will brag about how awesome you are without end, okay? 
so <laughs> I think that's it. I don't want to waste any more of your guys' time. Uh, I hopefully will get caught up here really soon. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take to post this to YouTube. Uh, I might end up posting it, you know, on Podbay, Podbean first. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, take care wherever you are. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you are, morning, afternoon, or evening. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Bye.